Nashville, Tennessee is Podcast Profit. I'm David Hooper, joined by Jeff Sanders. We're two podcasters who have been at it for a while, know a little something about podcasting. And a lot of what we learned is from a man named Dave Jackson. He's got a brand new book. It's called Profit From Your Podcast, Proven Strategies to Turn Listeners into a Livelihood. We thought it would be fun to put together this series that does something that Dave does a lot on his podcast, School of Podcasting. He's got Because of My Podcast Stories. He opens up the voicemail. Podcasters from all around the world call in with their Because of My Podcast Stories. We expanded on that a little bit to do something in parallel with his book, Profit From Your Podcast, talking about the different ways people are profiting. It's not just money, but talking about doing what you want to do, enjoying your life, the secondary payoffs that come from having a podcast. Maybe it's just meeting somebody. And also talking about how to be successful at that. We've got a great story here, Jeff. Speaking of broadcast radio, he was a jingle guy. He was the guy who would compose and perform jingles that you would hear on broadcast radio. In the music industry, we would call these earworms, and we've all got them. We grew up with them. Give me a break. Give me a break. You know that one, Jeff? Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Oh, yeah. Exactly, right? Mike is a guy who would do that. He's got a great Because of My Podcast story that talks about bringing in existing skill sets that he had to podcasting. Because audio did not start with podcasting. There were people, I was one of them, working in radio. We were doing audio before it hit the web. The technology started. We were the first guys in, and I love this story by Mike. Let's play it. Hello, it's Mike Stewart, and I want to tell the story of how I got into podcasting. Back in 2004, I was pretty well known around the internet as the internet audio guy. And a gentleman by the name of Michael Gohagnon was a early on broadcaster, podcaster, long before podcasting was on any of the devices that existed. And really, the only way you could do a podcast was connect your iPod to your computer and have it sync up through the computer, and then you could portably go away with it. Michael found me and called me because I had my phone number on my website. And he said, I understand you sell equipment and you sell royalty-free music. Do you know anything about podcasting? And I said, uh, no, I never heard of it. And he says, well, if you Google it, Google will say, did you mean broadcasting? But it is a new way of distributing audio content, much like radio subscriptions. And he said, I'm a podcaster, and my good friend Adam Curry is a podcaster who he and his friend Dave Weiner developed it. So Michael introduced me to Adam Curry, the Daily Source Code, and I started my first ever podcast called the Beatles Trivia Podcast. I love this because it talks about two things that I think are important when you were starting your first podcast or you're starting a new podcast or just for podcasters in general, and that is bringing existing skills to the table. Mike, as I mentioned, I met him in 2003, but way before that, he was doing jingles. In fact, if you want to take it back to 1982, Mike was actually part of a group and they had an album, it's a gold record, called Pac-Man Fever. People might be familiar with that. It's more or less a novelty song about Pac-Man that went gold, 500,000 copies sold when that was the fad or the craze, whatever you want to call it, in 1982. He's the guy who did the Waffle House jingle. In fact, he had so many of them that they have albums in every Waffle House now of different Waffle House songs. 
Mike had that existing skill set of using audio for advertising. He had the existing skill set, as he mentioned, he was selling audio equipment online. So he had the equipment. He put the two together and he had the interest for his first podcast of being a Beatles nut. So he took knowledge of the equipment, knowledge of selling, and he took that Beatles knowledge that he had to put together the Beatles trivia podcast. And I think that's important. Let's talk about you, Jeff, because you mentioned this just a little bit with your podcast origin story. You basically had a topic that you wanted to learn more about and talk about, and that's how you jumped in. Yeah, for me, it was one of those like personal inquiries. I was curious about something. And so I began kind of a personal exploration and I dug into these you know books that I was reading and documentaries I was watching and just personally learning a lot at the time was personal growth. And then it was my personal health and then it was productivity. And then I took all these main topics and realized there is a medium of podcasting combining that with my personal interests and skill sets that I'm developing over time, all of a sudden everything converged into saying, I should have a podcast about these things I care about, about the stuff that I'm now getting better at. And then over the course of those things being combined, I have content for a show. I have a reason to talk about something. And then the podcast itself could grow from there. And so for me, it was really just realizing when I combine the right elements together, there is a great end result of all those things that really is based upon just things I'm already doing anyway, I may as well share those things online through a podcast. Podcasters wonder, how am I going to stand out? If I put out a podcast, how will it cut through the noise? And this is how to do it. It's bringing in your existing skill set. It's bringing in your personality, who you are as a person, and combining those things with the topic that you want to talk about. That's difficult to replicate. And podcasting is the perfect format for this because we don't have the time constraints We can have people searching for us, so they're going to find out exactly what they want. That combining of elements is what makes podcasting podcasting. It is what makes you stand out as a host. It is what makes your episodes, your show itself, stand out. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I started in radio just as a fluke because I was working in the music industry. I thought it was a great way to, one, promote my own stuff, which I found that you couldn't do. But then I got into radio promoting other people's stuff and eventually had my own talk show. But with radio, we're reaching potentially millions of people with an antenna signal. And we've got to think of how can we get the most of these people? You don't have to do that with podcast. You can go to a very specific niche. And that's why this stuff works so great for somebody like Mike who wants to focus just on Beals trivia. That wouldn't necessarily work on broadcast radio, and that's even considering how big the Beatles were. That's a huge band. If there's going to be music trivia that works on broadcast radio, it's going to be the Beatles, but it works even better on podcasting. So no matter how specific your niche is, like we talked about in the last episode, dinosaurs, 300-something episodes, Garrett and Sabrina, they're making a full-time living with it. You can have a niche that's that niche down. You can have a niche that's that specific, or you can have something a little bit broader But even with that, podcasting is a great format for it. So, David, you had mentioned that Mike was involved in audio production and technology for many years prior to podcasting. And the podcasting industry, as we've seen just in the last few years, has evolved significantly in a variety of ways. What do you see now in terms of where podcasting started and where it is today and possibly where you think it's going next? I think Mike's clip actually had some really good examples of one, where things were and where things are going. Because if you listen to him, he said that he was called up on the phone 
based on something that somebody saw on his website. Now, what he didn't say is he had a lot of audio messages on that website that let people know who he was. He was the internet audio guy. That was his niche. He was putting audio online. It just wasn't done via a podcast. Yet it had elements that we need to have as podcasters. It was personable. It was very specific. He had specialized knowledge. You knew who Mike was when you would hear him. These days, we've got what we call podcasting. And most people, when you think of podcasting these days, especially you as a podcaster, you're thinking, well, I'll listen to it on my phone. It comes down through a feed. It's audio only. A lot of people, they think YouTube is podcasting. Podcasting is expanding. It's not getting any narrower. It is expanding. But those important elements that Mike had in the very beginning, bringing your personality to the table, your specialized knowledge, having a way for people to reach out to you, that's the thing that I think we need to focus on and I think all podcasters should focus on. How can people connect with you? How can you connect with them through your personality, through that specialized knowledge? When you've got those things in order, it doesn't matter where the technology goes because as humans, we haven't evolved nearly as quickly as podcasting has over the last 10 years. We're not going to evolve nearly as quickly as podcasting will over the next 10 years. I mean, speaking of that, in the last you know 10 years for me, my podcast equipment in my own home studio evolved significantly, and I have seen a shift there, but what I have not seen a shift in is what people still want from me as a podcaster. Yes, audio quality is huge, and I'm, I'm really personally passionate about bringing better tech to the table, but I also understand that podcasting as a medium could evolve technologically over time, and it won't necessarily change how I connect with my listeners because I'm still going to bring to the table my expertise, my personal interests, my curiosity, and then that's what's going to continue to draw them in regardless of what platform I'm on or what tech I'm using at the time or what fancy microphone I bought yesterday. Like all those things are wonderful, but I really just want that connection with my listeners. And if I bring my genuine self to the table through whatever tech I've got, then that opportunity is always going to be there. Yeah. People connect to emotion. And as I've mentioned a few times, you and I, we're involved in doing a lot of production for music industry, for people in the entertainment industry, comics, authors. I want you to think about music albums, songs, for just a second. The songs that you really connect with, they may or may not be recent songs using the best and most recent technology. If you take it back to the late 60s, something like Led Zeppelin, Mike mentioned the Beatles, the biggest band in the world, or one of them, four tracks, magnetic tape, cost a fortune, but they connected with people. You didn't have to have the best recording. You had to have that connection. And that still was able to come through even without the best recording. Now that we've got better recording, it'll still come through then. That's what we need to focus on. We need to focus on that connection, letting people connect with us, letting people reach out to us and having something interactive. That's not something you see in broadcasting. It's one of the things that I think is great about podcasting and what makes it a superior format for these small niches and for really connecting with your audience if you've got a business or maybe just enthusiasts like Garrett and Sabrina if you've got a hobby such as dinosaurs. Yeah, it's a really good point about the idea of interactive nature of podcasting because one of the things that I have seen over the years is that there are so many mediums that are just one-sided. There are so many traditional mediums like you know television and broadcast radio where it really is just a monologue and the listener has to follow along. Whereas podcasting, there is so many opportunities that exist to really have that personal connection, to bring your listeners onto your show with you, uh, to talk to them online, uh, to have you know personal email communication, all of those things that can really exist with 
with a show that says not only can I broadcast to the world, but the world can then talk back to me and we can have an actual relationship. And I have found that to be so refreshing over the years to know that I have a medium that I can leverage to so many different angles that still allows that personal connection with the people who want to follow me. And those listeners, they feel like they're part of something because mass media, broadcast media, doesn't necessarily let them feel like that. We've actually got a great story on this. On the next episode, we're going to get into it. A woman named Michelle from Nashville. She's in a very specific niche, one that was underserved and overlooked. They were almost invisible, even though they were in plain sight. It's a fascinating story. We've got some great clips from her that we're going to share. This is Podcast Profits. I'm David Hooper. Jeff Sanders is with me on this. We're doing this as a supplement almost to the new Dave Jackson book. It's called Profit From Your Podcast, Proven Strategies to Turn Listeners into a Livelihood. That book is available wherever books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And Profit From Your Podcast, it's so much more than making money. The book talks about that. We're definitely talking about that here. And on this next episode, we'll be sharing Michelle's story. You are not going to believe how underserved this market was. It's going to sound obvious when you hear it. Why didn't somebody think about that? She's got a great story. We'll be sharing that on the next episode. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you then.